and welcome to the very first episode of Unnerved, a horror movie podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelly. And we're two friends who absolutely love horror movies and the creation behind them. Uh, we definitely want to try and learn everything we can and find the scariest and most interesting horror movies of all time. That's the plan. That's the goal. Tis the goal. So, Kelly, what was your very first horror movie? My very first horror movie was Insidious. I watched it back in college, so I relatively new to the horror genre. I've only been watching it a couple years and you were the first person to get me into it. I think it was just me, you and our, my sister Danielle and we're sitting on the couch watching the Insidious movies. I just loved it. Um, and from there, I've been watching horror ever since. Every once in a while, you're like the only person that will watch it with me. So <laughs> that's been a journey. I do remember a couple of times in college, you know, group of girls sitting on a bed screaming at midnight watching the Duke on the television but that's how I got into horror yours is a lot longer you've been in this genre for a while I for sure have um basically my dad initially got me into horror movies so I showed a little bit of interest early on I was just like I want to watch this and he was like you're too young for that so when I became more age appropriate um we spent a weekend hanging out. We watched all the Saw movies. We watched Nightmare on Elm Street. We watched Blade. We watched Lost Boys, I'm sure, at one point. Um, pretty much a whole spectrum. We had the slashers. We had the gore. We had the torture. Um, we had vampires. Lots and lots of vampires because that was at the time of the Twilight era. So I was not happy with Twilight and I'm like I need better vampires and my dad was just like here's better vampires I'm like yay what you weren't a werewolf fan you're not um no <laughs> I like werewolves but I like vampires a lot <laughs> come on there are some hot vampires in the horror genre <laughs> you know honestly I don't know if I've seen a vampire horror movie well we will get there okay <laughs> so but yeah uh that was kind of my intro and uh Silence of the Lambs I think was my first ever horror movie that is what a movie to start off on silence of the lambs that one and sixth sense so i started I've never seen sixth sense <laughs> that one is I more just people yes it is just very psychological i actually think i know the spoiler for the ending for that one too i think at this point everybody knows the spoiler for the ending but if you don't no, you know what though you'd be surprised <laughs> about how little i know so but if you don't we will review it um so basically our objective for this podcast we're going to go through a very brief synopsis because we don't want to dwindle too much on that at this point we hope you've already seen it um go through that we'll go through our research comparisons to what we've learned we'll go through fun facts and easter eggs and then we're going to grade the movie at the end and then we'll add it to our horror movie report card and see which ones are passable a plus outstanding students and or failures flunkies you get an f they have to do a remake in order to potentially make it better which no, i am no. against remakes i was gonna say remakes are sometimes worse <laughs> sometimes they are very much worse and i have very strong opinions about remakes so bear with me <laughs> i have very critical opinions about most of the movies we watch so so a little background between us i will watch anything and everything Kelly is the opinionated one. <laughs> and she tells me I need to be a little more open to my opinions. So I will try my best. Um, and the first movie that we decided to go with was the 2002 American version of The Ring. Yep. 
And then we also, since we were researching, we were really interested in the original Japanese version, so we will also be covering that as well. All right, on to the synopsis. Um, the movie starts with two teens, Katie and Becca. They're just talking their girl talk, and they get on the subject of an urban legend that's going around. The legend being that there's a cursed VHS that whoever watches it will receive a phone call whispering to them that they will die in seven days. Katie explains to her friend Becca that she has seen the tape um, when she went on a retreat with her boyfriend and their friends, her secret boyfriend, I will say, sneaking around, going on trips, not telling her mom. Bad influence. Um, after a little bit more time with the, the friend and the phone ringing, we cut to her being killed at exactly 10 p.m. by an unseen force. We don't get to see anything. She just cut dies. And that's kind of the theme of this whole thing. We which I do like that they did that because it kind of builds a little bit of suspense. You don't know what holds my murder is they're not nice. I th I think that was a good choice for the movie. Well, and this this movie's rated PG-13. They yes. almost couldn't show anything. Yes. Uh we'll get to even more opinions in a moment. <laughs> um and then then we cut to Rachel, who is our main protagonist. She's played by Naomi Watts. Um, you may have also seen her in, like, King Kong and, like, Twin Peaks. So that's a relation that you can compare to her. Um, and we cut to her picking up her son Aiden from school, like, super late. And that seems relatively normal for this odd mother-son relationship. Very odd. Um, yeah, it's weird. And he, her, her son calls her Rachel. You know, honestly, he's like not like mom. Why are you late picking me up from school? The whole relationship between Rachel and Aiden, the kid is not. It's like the writer wrote a kid that's an it, and the writer's obviously an adult. They're trying to write for right. a kid, but they're failing. It's like I understand. Oh my god, the idea we were going for, but no kid acts, talks, or works like this. It felt very odd no kid is like equal to the adult in the relationship but, to their parents i mean at, if, at a 10 year old age no absolutely not well and then on the flip side though is that the point it could be i mean it could be the fact that she's a single mom and he has to kind of fend for himself a lot but why does she prefer to be called rachel as opposed to mom because she always corrects people as opposed like from yeah. saying oh hello mrs whatever to like call me Rachel. call me rachel rachel do it rachel be Rachel. <laughs> like, even even her son has to do that, which that's not, that's I, weird. I don't, know if it's, I don't know too many people that call their parents by their first name. I don't know. I just didn't, just didn't like it. I just didn't like that relationship. I didn't like how the kid was written. No. That's odd. That's just a weird dynamic. Um, so anyways, after they pick up from school, um, it's revealed that Katie is actually Aiden's cousin. So the girl that died is related to these two. Um, and at the funeral, Katie's mom convinces Rachel to investigate Katie's death. Yep. Um, in the beginning of the investigation, Rachel learns that the of, of the cabin trip from talking to the teenagers, being relatable. She sleuth. She's sleuthing. I mean, that's her job. She's a reporter. Yes. She figures things out. Like, that's her job. Um, she finds out about the cabin trip and that everyone else that went on the trip also died at the same time on the same night as Katie. In the same way. 
in the exact same way. They're just in different locations and they just, they're dead. Yep. Um, and then Rachel decides to go and investigate the actual cabin. And then she finds the supposed tape that she learned about and watches it, even though she was warned from the kids, like, oh, you're going to die in seven days. She doesn't care. She doesn't believe them. She just watches it. You don't, you didn't listen? Well, and the other thing that, that gets me about this is, like, once you start watching the tape, there's definitely this, seems to be this pull towards it. I got this feeling that once you started watching it, you couldn't stop. I think I even, I asked you in the middle of the movie, I was like, hey, Christy, if you, like, pause this through the middle of this tape, does that mean you're okay? And you're like, well, I don't know. I don't, like, that's never no. a thing. So I think people's morbid curiosity mixed with just drawn to the actual tape, I think that's their biggest thing because it's just weird. It's very unsettling. It's very unsettling, and it's just creepy and just eerie and very dark. And it doesn't make any sense when you first watch it. It makes zero sense. You just see a lady brushing her hair. You see a ladder falling. <laughs> you see dead horses in the river. You see a lighthouse. centipedes and the lighthouse. The, fly. And just the weird fly that just d didn't sit well with me when I first watched it. I mean, I didn't find this movie all that scary, so. Well, when I first watched it, it was years ago. <laughs> so when I first watched it, it was... The, the VHS itself was the only scary part to me in, okay. in the movie. That's fair. Just because I also don't like centipedes. It's no. No, absolutely not. Okay not, bugs. not okay. Mm -mm. Um, so as as we said, it shows a bunch of nightmarish images of a woman, dead horses, a little girl, and centipedes. Gross. Disgusting. Not okay. Um, so the next day, Rachel recruits her ex-boyfriend or ex-husband or whatever he is to her. Ex-partner. Ex-partner. Uh, Noah, who is, we find out, is Aiden's biological father. They have this very weird moment where they do look at each other walking down the street. And I'm like, still confused about that. It's like, hey, dad. Hey, son. No words spoken. I. It's raining outside. I think it's like Aiden knows that that's his dad. But he also knows that his dad didn't want anything really to do with the relationship and, and him growing up because it was so distant. That's my initial reaction is that, like, Aiden knows who that is. They don't have a relationship, like, at all. Yeah. And they just ignore each other. Keeps on walking. Yeah, just keep on walking. Um, So she recruits Aiden's dad to help study the tape. And then she makes a copy after she watches the tape with him um rachel as the week progresses she begins to see visions and nightmares and discovers that the images are based on real events um the story of anna morgan who we find out is the lady brushing her hair in the video uh, she ends up being a professional horse breeder who committed suicide after the her horses had drowned themselves yep which that's no not okay horse horses just drowning themselves this is very um explicit like images in this particular movie and all the horses right. dead on the beach and then she literally jumps off a cliff like we see that right it's it's a lot of suicidal tendencies throughout the movie which we'll get to a few more as, as this goes on um so they draw themselves and that night rachel catches aiden watching the same tape by accident and Noah then reaches out and 
believes that what she's experiencing is real. And because he's now experiencing the exact same things. Yeah, they're getting weird looks at like the grocery store. It's like you have five days left. And it's like they have the weird picture thing where when you take a picture, your face is all smeared. The same um, thing with when they're looking at themselves in a mirror. Yes. Their faces get distorted. It, it's like they're underwater. Uh, um, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. No, no. Um, so Rachel manages to track down Anna's husband, who's still alive, and they take a ferry to go visit the island and get some information from him. Um, which then he just gets upset and turns her down and just is like, no, I don't want to deal with you. My wife is dead. Well, as soon as she mentions Samara. Right. Because uh, Rachel learns that Anna and Richard had adopted Samara. Yes. So she's an, the, the adopted child of these two. And you see a very small glimpse of her in the VHS. Like when yes. she's brushing her hair, then That's it cuts right. to another and mirror. And, and then it cuts back to the mirror with Anna brushing her hair. Yep. Um, so they make that connection, finally. <laughs> after after being dismissed by Richard, Rachel sneaks back into the house, which okay trespassing first of all, and the dude literally kicked you out. It's creepy. It's a creepy man's house who has like farm tools everywhere, and you're on and a deserted island with like no police officers. It's just a handful of people that live there. Yep, and so that like, he shows up. Yeah, and he's like he hits her with something. Yeah, he hits her upside the head. Um, cause she finds the, this video of Samara going through psychotherapy Yep, and saying that she's can't control her powers and whatever. Um, Rachel also has a vision of Anna suffocating and pushing Samara down the well, killing her. Yep. And that's when Rachel gets confronted by Richard. So many R's. And then Richard takes... How many appliances, like all the ones he could find in his house that got Oh yeah, the in. toaster, anything. He even grabs um those things that you put in the horse's mouth for the reins. Oh yeah. And he puts that in his own mouth when he's doing this. So he grabs all of those and that. I forgot about that. And jumps into a full bathtub. And electrocutes and himself. Oh, he kills himself this through is electrocution. The most brutal death in probably any of anything that we read or watched. Right. This was awful it, it was the worst and it wasn't even on screen but you knew you knew well, you he was just getting him, like, fried to death you heard him scream or grunt and then like he you saw him dead in the water afterwards yes um so that was probably the most disturbing thing in, in the whole thing in the whole movie um so after richard yeets himself out of the equation oh my God. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. I'm done with you people. I'm done with all of this. He's done. Um, and he made that very apparent. Uh, Rachel and Noah discover Samara's room, which is actually in a barn. They isolated her out of the house and in the barn with the horses. Mm -hmm. Which is not okay to do to your child. Okay? Don't do that. No, no. You adopted her. You chose to have this child. No, no. Um... They find on one of the walls that uh, a burnt image of a tree that yeah. is identical to the one next to the cabin uh, that so they, started uh, the whole thing. They kind of put two and two together and then they run off towards the cabin. Yes, because it's also Rachel's seventh and final day. So That's she, right, it is. They have to solve this before like around seven, seven, ten hits. Um, otherwise, she's, she's going to get dead. She's going to get got murked. 
<laughs> by like a 10 year old ghost girl i'd give her 12 she seems older than aiden okay fine yeah i guess but i i'm really bad with kids ages and i definitely thought aiden was closer to eight than he was to 10 but could be i don't know she's older than aiden from the brief images of her yeah. and yeah. that's all we can I mean, Calculate. technically, she's dead by many, many years, so she's... She's ancient. Out, I mean, she's technically an adult. <laughs> technically. Um, anyways, as they rip apart the floorboards, they find the well. Which is another one of the images from the tape. Yes, the well, and looking up through the well, and you see just a ring. Uh, spoilers, hey, you hey, see a ring. ring. <laughs> Symbolism. Um, seeing the ring because the well is closed off and that's just a little glimpse of sunlight Mm -hmm. leaking in. Um, so they find the well, Rachel decides to go down in the well and find Samara's body. Yes. Because they think that if they find the body and give peace to this little girl, the curse will be lifted. Great in theory. Uh-huh. It's great in theory. <laughs> Bad but it's, in practice. It's a horror movie. Uh, this is where I was sitting for in dead the bodies. Movie. This is where I was sitting in the movie and like she she makes it past her 710 deadline. She lives. Um, Rachel does. And I looked at you. I'm like, it's not done yet. Nothing's happened. Nothing scary <laughs> has happened this entire movie. And I'm like, <laughs> if this is over right now, I don't even know what to say to Christy. I was like, just sitting there. I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen? And then and then she's like. Don't worry, Aiden. The next day, she's like, Aiden, it's fine. We took care of her. We buried her bones, and she's going to be at peace now. And Aiden's like, Mom, you weren't supposed to do that. Mom, you know she never sleeps. She never sleeps. And then Rachel's like, oh, no! And she calls yeah. Noah. He reveals that he's cursed because his nose starts bleeding, which is what happened to oh my gosh. Noah and Rachel earlier in the movie. So she's rushing to get Noah then. Well, guess what? By the time she gets to Noah, he's dead. This is the most tragic part of this entire movie. I know. I was, they did him so dirty. Sad. I was so sad. He was so helpful. They just kill him. It's like... And his was the most, I think, graphic out of Samara's Well, kills. this is the iconic scene. Yes. It's her coming out of the television, drenched in water, just soaking up through all those floorboards. It's wood. That's bad for the wood. By the way, Samara. Hair entirely <laughs> over her face. Her face is almost like gremlin. It's monster-like. It's like it when you're like in the bathtub for too long and your like, skin gets all pruney. Yep. But... Since she's in there for how long? She's just a giant purple prune. She's a raisin. She's a raisin. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, she kills him. We don't know. We also don't see how. We don't see how, but the theory that goes around is the fact that, like, if you see her face, that's what puts you into such a state of shock that your face also gets distorted and you die of heart failure. Yeah, I also read stuff like she when she looks at you, she replays the images of the videotape very quickly through your mind and yeah. it like short circuits, it like gets right. her heart really pumped and they all die from a heart attack or fear or whatever. So all of the above. <laughs> X, Y, Z. X, Y, and Z. Check. So when she realizes that Noah's dead and she's very distressed about that, I mean, it also kind of leaned into, oh, their relationship is going to get better. They're going to solve this he's gonna call her they're gonna get dinner they're gonna be a family again there's definitely hints towards that but hints towards it will be lies sure. to you for sure oh yeah they're like oh happy ending false denied you don't get one <laughs> it's a horror movie duh 
So she realizes that the only reason why she's still alive and Noah died is because she created videotape and spread the curse. Yeah, she copied it. And she notices this because she's like, what did I do differently? Looks around, copy of the videotape is literally underneath the couch. And she's like, oh my gosh. So, and then she makes yeah. Aiden copy it. Yes. And he, he, Aiden looks at her like a little upset and is just like, what's well, going to happen if to the next person that watches it and Rachel dead silence has no response just both makes him watch it again and the movie ends yeah I think the whole <laughs> point was that they were probably going to show somebody else because Aiden had to pass it to somebody else that hadn't seen it from what I understand yeah um but that's how that ends and it, obviously we know there's uh sequels to this movie yes we did not go into but there's like two sequels I there's at least the ring two and then yeah. rings yeah so and rings has a completely different cast like it has the guy from big bang theory in it the guy who plays leonard i can't remember his actual name i have no idea i was gonna say jim parsons but he definitely no. plays sheldon no <laughs> so. it's not sheldon it's the guy who plays leonard um but yeah he's in it because the second one is still rachel and aiden okay. through the whole thing and then the third one completely different cast she goes viral, essentially, because she learns how to upload herself through the internet. It's a whole thing. No, why? <laughs> it's a whole thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> I see. So, that's what we first started with. We watched yes. The Ring. And then we're, actually, uh, we found that we could watch Ringu, which is the 1998 original make of The Ring. Yep. In Japan. Um, so, this was interesting. We're going to compare because I personally like Ringu a lot more than I liked The Ring. I would agree with that. It's I think it's a lot scarier. There's a lot going on and it's it's different, but it's a, it follows the same plot line. So, you open up and you have a woman reporter. She basically enlists the help of her ex-partner and yeah. their names are her name is Azakawa and his name is Ryuji. Mhm. Mm and that one, they for sure mentioned that they were previously married. Yes, that is very explicit. And they have a son. And this son is written like a real kid. And he's not in the movie much. But he also watches the tape like Aiden does. And he's cuter, too. He's a cute little kid. He's younger, though. Yeah, I'd put him at like five, five yeah, or six. He was a lot younger. He's really not a part of this movie other than to be a driving force for Azakawa so that she actually goes and finishes the job she's like oh my gosh yeah. my son's going to die if i don't solve this so yeah um but this one it opens the same way you've got two girls having a sleepover doing all their gossip things and they talk about the videotape someone one of the girls watched it a week ago and then she ends up dying that night and so that's all the same. And then you skip ahead to Azakawa, who's doing research. And then this is where we have, like, little details that are different. So you actually see one of the deaths of the other people that went to the cabin that night. We see them in the car. Mm -hmm. Getting it on because they're a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Panties down to their knees. Yes, there like... was, they actually showed that, which I, I was impressed. Because that's kind of similar to the book, which we'll get to. But, like... This I'm glad that they showed the book much closer. They physically showed you that another couple died from the same thing, the mm -hmm. same cause, mm -hmm. and they actually showed it. And then same thing. She finds a little ticket to a cabin. She goes to this cabin and she finds the videotape. She watches the videotape. And the scenes from this are completely different. And honestly, I think some of them were scarier. There's one like where the people are kind of like weirdly crawling around on the ground 
and it's unsettling. And so she watches it. She gets the phone call. She's cursed. She will die in seven days. Um, so she does all that. And then that's when she enlists the help of Ryuji, her ex-partner, ex-husband. And then after that, skipping ahead, we watched this thing a week ago and I'm forgetting all of a sudden. <laughs> um, help me out here, Christy. So I'm trying a blank. I mean, it, it pretty much It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, so that's right. And then they go and they find out, they watch the videotape, they try and find little pieces of the videotape, they mm -hmm. find the mountain. So something we were talking about is because this is taking place in Japan. We don't really have volcanoes yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. unless you go to Hawaii. And this definitely did not take place in Hawaii. No. So they find an eruption, they find the island, they go to this little island where... Um, in this case, it's not Samara, it's Sadako, mm -hmm. where she lived, and you find out that her mom, um, Shizuko, Shizuko? Mm -hmm. she was also had some kind of powers, psychic ability, yeah, telepathy, ESP type stuff going on, and that she was a lot more public about it, and she was supposed to give this demonstration, mm -hmm. and the demonstration went wrong, and she, people called her fake and all this, and they pointed at her and were really nasty um and then Sadako kills someone in the demonstration I mean yeah he was pretty much just accosting the mom just saying that she's a fake she's a liar blah 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 so naturally a kid's gonna be upset when you're calling out your parents like that I mean that's kind of a natural but killing somebody is not a natural response very unnatural <laughs> Very unnatural. And then she somehow grabs Asakawa in that, like, flashback. Because we find Ryuji has some kind of psychic ability, so he can, like, see certain things. So we find that out, and they're like, okay, this little girl probably kind of evil. And they know that the mom ends up killing herself over those, mm -hmm. everything that happened. And that Sadako ends up, like... After that, because I'm getting things, it's very close to the book, but it's not quite the book here. And it's she somehow and her dad, and then they get with the well. So they go back to like that area where the cabin was. Yeah. And when they're at that well, when they put their hands on it, they see another vision. And it's literally her dad that ends or, up. Or the doctor, because well, like. I think it was the same person in this movie. I think in the movie it's the same person. Which so, is, that's different than the book, too. It is. And. There was a very wonderful sound effect that I had to pause and had to just stop because it, it did not fit. It was just a distant whack. Like, and it sounded exactly like that. It was just a whack. And it was very cartoonish and comedic and it was just did not fit. So he with the death her. of a child. Yeah, he whacks her on the top of the head and then pushes her down a well. And this whack sound comes in and then he like grabs the top of the well and he looks around all like Scooby-Doo. Like, Light. he's like, oh, I just did that. Hope nobody caught me. Right. It, very, very odd. Very odd. And they oh do the God. same thing. They see that. They dig up her body out of the well. They think the curse is lifted. It's not. Ryuji dies. She figures out that she needs to make a copy. X, Y, Z. Um, I like this movie more. <laughs> I would agree. I think it did a lot of things better, even though it is older and... I think one of the biggest things that I thought was super effective for this movie is that it's really quiet. Yes. There's no music. That is right. So sound plays a big part in horror movies. And when you have, like, no sound, it can either be 
very dead and not enticing or right. it could just be suspenseful and i think they used that to their advantage in this one they did do the blast you with a ton of like sound at very key moments which mm-hmm. sometimes were more of like a more of a jump scare feel to it than it yeah. was like it gets you recaptivated yeah. and switches you from okay we're calm and then gets you anxious again so horror movies are kind of like roller coasters so at one point you're going to get a little bit of a lull and then it's going to punch you with something important. So. And this one, I just, I thought the acting was a little bit better. I liked it better. I, the kid not being yeah. in, I think, helped me a lot. Yeah. That And, like, she has her moments where she, like, calls home and she's, like, saying almost, like, a goodbye to her family. Yeah, she, doesn't she know. seems more invested in her child and his well-being. And, like, yeah, he's independent still mm-hmm. in this. But, like, he still helps out around the house. He's very considerate. He's He goes yes. to and from school by himself at a young age. Yep. He knows what to do. He is responsible. Which, but he's still a kid. But he's still a child. He's still definitely He's a kid. still exuding childlike tendencies. Like, there's tendencies. scenes with him playing with his grandpa. And he's, like, you know. He's laughing. Yeah, having a good time. It feels very normal. Trying to catch fish with grandpa. Yeah, that's right. He does do that. And she's like, I'm sitting there like, girl, you're wasting your time. Like, get moving. You have things to right? do. Um, but theirs felt more like cohesive in the way they were doing the steps. Like, they found this. And yeah. then they were able to put these two things together. My biggest complaint about this one compared to the American version is the way the ending works. Where... In the American version, Rachel looks underneath the couch, she sees the copy of the tape, and you see a light bulb go off. Mm-hmm. And Azakawa, in the Japanese version, she sees, looks into, like, an old, very old television set yeah. that reflects really badly. <laughs> One of those ones that, like, weighs 50 pounds to mm-hmm. move. And and then she sees Ryuji's dead, like, body in there, and he's pointing to her purse. Yeah, and the stance that he's taking, and he's got, like, a little sheet over his face that is reminiscent and identical to what you see in the Ringu's version of the VHS. Yes. So there's a man with, like, a little sheet over him, and he's pointing at something. Ryuji does the exact same thing in the afterlife to help... Tell her what to do. Tell her, it's this, girl, it's this. (laughs) That annoys me a little bit. I mean, the Japanese version is a lot more supernatural-based versus the American version is a lot more, like sleuthing i think and some of that i like the fact that it was like we're figuring this out we're connecting the dots and putting it together but the ending just feels such like a well you know we spent this whole time researching but here here's your here's i'm gonna throw something a ball at you and you're gonna like right i thought it was lazy it feels lazy but the book is like that too so it can either feel lazy or another viewpoint is like Ryuji, we found out through the whole thing, he is a psychic. So yes. he has supernatural abilities. And she probably was just at a loss, quote unquote, and it probably didn't come across that way. Um, but it, it's very obvious that he has been helping her through the whole process. And it's I think it's only fitting that he helps her with the final act to save their child. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, it, yes, it's fine. If it does feel rushed, and I, I get what you're saying, but there, that is another viewpoint that I thought about. There are uh, definitely moments in this one where I had a little bit of trouble, like watching, because I got scared. 
Like, there's the end where when she's coming out of the tea. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The worst scene. She crawls out of television, you know, and that's the <laughs> iconic scene. And she doesn't have fingernails because she's been trying to climb out of the well. Yeah. And oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Her no fingernails. And it like, I can't even describe how they disturbing. were folding on each other. Oh, like her fingertips folded backwards because there's nothing, there's no structure there. Uh uh-uh. uh. And she's just no, a, no. a little water demon just slithering out. Absolutely not. I was not okay with that in the slightest. I thought that makeup job was very well done. Oh, yeah. It was that- a nice little detail the ending scene you don't she doesn't look like samara does she looks um she's got the high open yeah her she she's definitely got a little bit more of a creep factor yeah it was overall that entire film was creepier to me like it just felt it had a different feel than the american version Mm -hmm. i didn't like the american version I remember, and I think part of my problem was, like, I've known about the girl crawling out of the television forever, right? It's an iconic horror movie scene. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting a lot from this movie that I just didn't get. Yeah. I get that. I think the the original is more relatable. Um, but for most people in the United States, they've only based it on the ring. Like, the yeah, American version. Yeah, they've never seen Ringu. Right. So yeah, that is our brief synopsis of the two <laughs> two movies. Oh, it's of two movies though. So uh, next, uh, we'll talk about some of the book. The book, the book. My favorite part of this whole thing. Um, <laughs> honestly, I love this book. Which for a person who hasn't read in like a year and a half, it's pretty pretty good for me, I think. But I'm gonna just briefly go over this, but. The, one of the main differences is there's a reporter. There's a guy that helps him out. He's a dude. Azakawa's a dude in this one. And Ryuji is also a dude. And they're just colleagues. Um, and then they are go from thing to thing to thing. And they put everything together. Um, but the biggest difference about this is that the ring is not the well. <laughs> Straight up is not the well. <laughs> it's The ring is an analogy for a virus in the book. It's... Basically, instead of, okay, she's trapped in the well and she's looking up and she sees this ring, it's the fact that you have to copy the videotape, show it to someone else, and then it works as a spiral and it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. It's a never-ending cycle. And Azakawa in the book uses virus as an analogy to help him understand what he may or may not be looking at because the last resort that he wants to assume is that it is supernatural. Um, But obviously it is. So... There's that. There's the whole uh, mom is an ESP psychic thing and then she marries a man, but there's some allusion to maybe she might have some kind of connection to a sea demon in there when she Mm -hmm. brings up the statue and all of that is there. And that's apparently touched on later in in the movies as far as I know. Yes. So... That happens, and it's not her father that ends up killing Sadako in the book. It's actually a doctor who does rape her and then throws her down the well. Yes. Um, Which is, it's really tragic. Like, the book is... Yeah. And the characters in the book, the main two characters who do all the solving, are not likable. No. (laughs) They're horrible. (laughs) Azakawa does decide in the end, you know, I'm going to have my well yeah it's his child and his wife in this one mm-hmm. that he's gonna have them show the videotape to his wife's parents 
mm-hmm. and then continue the cycle on the virus on. And that's sad. So that happens. It's every every single movie and book lines up in that respect. Yeah. And but, also about like Sadako and, and the fact that she's right by the doctor. The doctor also found out that she's actually intersex. Yes. So that means that she can have the genes or hormones or chromosomes or even like genitalia of both sex. In the book, they call it testicular feminization syndrome. It's not called that anymore. Um, No. It's called androgen insensitivity syndrome. Yes. Um, And she probably, because there's like different versions of it, there's partial of that where you can have all of it or you can have partial and mild forms of this androgen insensitivity syndrome where sometimes you display like testes mm-hmm. on the outside of the body and stuff like that. So she has that, which is a really interesting little tidbit that's not touched on in the movies. And I'm not sure it would have been well received in the movies. I don't think so either. I think that it works well in the book because it's not reaching that judgmental of an audience. Well, and she's not raped in the movies no, either. That's a, that's she's a... also over the age of 18 in the books. She yes. is in, I think, I think she is 18 or she's in her young yeah, 20s. I think she's transitioning to 18, or she just turned 18. Whereas, like, in the movies, she's, like, a 10-year-old she's chi- girl. She's a child. She is a child. So, child. <laughs> that is far different. And the reason that in the book that I also like is they explain how she was able to basically use her powers to copy onto a videotape. And right. they go into detail about how, okay, she basically hijacked the airwaves is kind of what they said and she was able to copy onto a tape that was trying to copy a, a show mm-hmm. um and that's how that worked which i appreciate yeah. that these were questions i had about the movie that were answered right. in the book yes the book is definitely worth a read in my opinion because oh, it's great I love it's it. kind of like um the author they they mentioned that he's like the japanese version of steaming yeah. game and his name is koji suzuki so yes so I would I would definitely go recommend it. I think there's like five books related yeah. to the ring though. And he's so, actually um it's quite the series. He's a he's a horror writer, but he also writes children's books. Yeah, which is ironic. <laughs> I was like, those are very different things. Like, what if you were just late at night and you had both of these and you had to submit your book and then you accidentally sent it to the wrong oh, publisher? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that was not meant for children. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to send you the, the chapter of, like, the doctor doing bad things to an adult. Yeah. And then killing her. I'm so sorry. I meant to send you this one about, like, two ponies plus two ponies equals four ponies. I didn't mean... I, I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> I I loved his writing. I yeah. loved it. I almost wish that virus idea had gotten into the movies. I do, too. I think that would have been a nice... Once you read the book, it's like the movies completely missed the point. Yeah. I think it would have also added another layer of eerie creepiness because it's it's a trope that's not explored a lot in the genre, being actual viruses. Of course, you have the zombie virus. You have, like, the typical illness ones, but this one is a supernatural virus. Yeah. And, I mean, especially right now in the middle of COVID-19, like, that could work very well. Yeah, if they were to remake it now, I, I definitely want them to add that element to that because I just, it's just a in, more interesting backstory than just them running around being like, okay, we're going to go to point A to point B. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we solved this one. So now we're going to go on to part C. No, there's like no research. They're just literally running around. It definitely has that (laughs) feel. And I think the book, if they had been so detailed like the book had been, they never would have gone anywhere in a movie. Yeah. It's not even that large of a book. No, but it's very detailed. It is. Oh, and the translation from Japanese to English is fantastic. It was very well translated. Like I read through it easily. Yeah. Like as opposed to like some other stuff that I've read that's translated, it read very well. Some of the names were difficult to remember. Yeah. Yeah. But like other than that, it was translated very well. So it's very accessible to anybody. Yep. It was, I mean, I could not heap more praise onto it probably, but (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) So well, this isn't a review about books, Callie. <laughs> but it was so good. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. It was very good. Um, and his his entire motivation for it, apparently, he said he got the inspiration to write Ring because he watched Poltergeist. Yes, love Poltergeist. What? I hated Poltergeist. That's a different story. <laughs> well, if you think about it, Poltergeist also has that iconic scene with the little girl talking to spirits through the television. Yeah. Yeah, is that, um, there's another iconic line from that movie, but I'm not. They're here. Yes, okay, that's (laughs) So, yeah, that, I find that super interesting, but we did some research into, like, okay, where did this kind of come from? He got his inspiration, of course, from Poltergeist, but there's actually ties to real people and Mm -hmm. real folklore in the book. The first that I thought was kind of cool is the whole idea around Sadako and Samara's powers. Yeah. The Nensha and the photography. Yeah. So basically the main power is that they have the ability to imprint something in their brain onto a piece of film or yeah. some kind of tape like it is in the VHS. Yeah. It's literally the ability to burn quote unquote images from one one's mind onto a surface such as photography film like the wood in the barn she was able to do. Yeah, with the tree. Um, and then her powers also escalate where she can actually burn people as well. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, she burned Rachel in oh, you're the right. United States version. And I think she also did. She did in the. She made a mark in the Japanese version as well. Yes, she did. That's not gone into in the book, really. No. I think it's, I think it just kind of added like, oh, well, if she has this power. I'm sure she could also do that to people. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. And there's actually, like, what I thought was interesting is Wikipedia was like, photography is actually a real thing. Yeah. And that there are instances of people saying that they could do it. Some have admitted to fraud and been like, no, I messed with the tape, X, Y, and Z. But Sadako Samara is based off of someone called Sadako Takahashi. Mm -hmm. And she was researched on by a man, oh boy. Tomokichi Fukurai. That sounds accurate. I'm sorry if we butcher any of these names. I, I so I'm apologize. so sorry. <laughs> We're gonna try. Who he, he was a at Tokyo University way back in like the 1910s. He was basically a parapsychologist, and he did experiments on mm-hmm. people he thought had basically abilities in the supernatural. And he came across a woman called Sadako Takahashi, who had very similar powers as you would see as Samara and Sadako right. in the Ring series. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. And there's yeah. and he literally wrote a whole book on it called Clairvoyance and Thoughtography, which we both weren't we didn't read. But no, we didn't read because we it's just it's a lot of time to spend on the ring. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and it was disappointing too because I was hoping to find something on that woman, like some kind yeah. of account, and it's like a dead end. It there is there's like nothing besides that book which we didn't get to read there's not a whole lot out there on her right so and then the second big thing is the folklore that this seems to be based off of which is called okiku's well yep um and the origins of this story date all the way back to 1741 in traditional japanese puppet theater Woo! who doesn't love puppet theater guys, <laughs> guys. and then eventually <laughs> it became more of what we think of as theater in 1824 it became a dance drama theater style yep um and that focused not only on the ghost story of a woman coming out of a well but also focused on like the psychological motivations behind what the characters were doing but the basic gist of it is that the folk version of the story of Okiku's well, it involves a servant woman called Okiku and the samurai that she works for called Oyama and these 10 precious plates. And basically Oyama hides one of these plates, one of these 10 plates, and then tells Okiku that she lost one. And Okiku goes and she counts the 10 plates, she counts them and she gets nine every single time. And she freaks out because at this period of time, losing something like that for someone you worked for in this capacity was punishable by death. Mm -hmm. So she comes back to Ayama. She says, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. And she's basically begging, right? And he's like, I won't kill you if you become my lover. And she refuses. Red flag. Red flag, she, she, everybody. She refuses. Go, Kiku. Yeah, girl. But then she he throws her down the well. <laughs> she dies. Of course. And the second part of that is that she becomes a... A spirit mm -hmm. and she haunts him and she counts to 10 or she tries to count to 10 she gets up to nine and then on the 10th one she basically screams right and there's other versions of this story there's ones where like the lover tortures her before he puts her in the well and he dunks her back in and out of the well which is really really messed up and there's yeah. one where she tests her lover Lukiko ends up stealing the plate herself and then he finds out and then in a rage, he kills her and throws it down the well. But they all end the same yeah. way, and they'll end with her haunting and counting the plates. Ladies, these are just red flags. <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't follow their example. <laughs> red flag, good. red flag, and red flag. <laughs> I mean, good for her for saying no. Like, yes, <laughs> I'm all about that. But it didn't end well. No, and guys, no means no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that no means no for men and women, but for for men and women, but but in this case scenario is man versus woman, and no he means no. He didn't listen. Well, he didn't. He did listen, but then he killed her. I mean, he didn't force himself upon her. Yeah, that's that's the takeaway. You listen, and then you make your decision as to whether or not you kill someone. No, that's <laughs> not <laughs> no, what I mean. <laughs> but so there's some backstory to this, and. It's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a roller coaster. It's more in depth and thought out than I thought it was yes. initially. I remember you came to me and you're like, Kelly, I found something. I'm like, what did you find? <laughs> found so many things. Like, I found so many Easter eggs that I was excited about. I was more excited about researching behind the scenes and meanings than rewatching this movie because this movie, yes, it's a quote unquote like early 2000s classic it is it was an intro to japanese horror yeah and it is 
currently the um at least as of 2010 the most highest grossing horror remake in the united states it replaced that so now yeah it, it, re- it replaced it but as of 2010 yes so that's almost 10 straight years of it being on top i mean it's huge like i mean there's a huge following for it and it's it's a decent movie but as a horror movie it could have done better. I think it if is... they had shown the death scenes, or at least one of them, and bounced it over to that R rating. That's the problem. It's I think PG-13. it would have been a little better. Like, if it wasn't PG-13, I think they could have done so much more with this. Yeah. I'm okay with not seeing Katie's death. I like the idea of the suspense, like the Especially whole the not beginning. knowing. The yeah. unknown is the terrifying part about that. But it's also the very first five minutes of the movie. So... That's supposed to be like that. Mm -hmm. But, for instance, like, Ryuji's death or Noah's death, same character, essentially. I wish that they went into death about how his agonizing torment in his actual death. Because in the book, they also go into the, like, idea of, well, they were clawing at their heads and and their necks. Something was wrong. Pulling out their hair. Well, it's like a, a heart attack. I'm like, how many people having a heart attack would just gravitate to their face? And want to rip out their hair. That's not how that works. Right. So I, I kind of wanted to see a little bit of that, like, the second you see Samara or Sadako's face, you are overcome with fear and just wanting, and you're just Run. tormented, and well, then you just die. I think it's very interesting, too, like, whenever I see a monster in a horror movie, I'm like, run. Don't wait. Don't look at it. Go. Like, just, that thing's not natural. Don't stick around and find out what it does. No. And Noah literally, like, in the movie, in the American version, could not take her, his eyes off. Like, he backed up. He was... It definitely has that element of he is scared, and he's not going yeah. to act right. It's a fight or flight, and he didn't take either. He stood very still. He was petrified. Like... I was petrified. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wanted to just kind of see a little bit more of that instead of just... Okay, we see Samara come out. Okay, cut. Okay, we see Noah dead. Like, I... The only death scene that actually happened... Did we see his face at the end? We did see the face at the very, very end when she was leaving and the new girlfriend was going up to see Noah. Mm -hmm. Because then we see Noah's face. That's right. And she doesn't stop the new girlfriend. No! Like, what the hell? Like, like, you're the one who found the body! Like, you're supposed to report that shit. I think I made a comment of that when we were watching. I was like, Christy, she's not going to tell her. She's like, that girl doesn't matter to her. And I was like, Christy. <laughs> well, she's she a dead man upstairs. She doesn't. She was going to win back Noah. She was going to win back her man. Okay. I mean, sure. Fine. Like, I guess. <laughs> That's fine. Fine. Um, But bouncing off of, like, a fact about the book... They made an actual manga graphic novel illustration of the book. Oh, I didn't know that. I had found that deep in my research. So I was excited to share that with you. Because not only are we horror fans, we're anime fans. Oh, yes. I've never actually read a manga in my life. Well, (laughs) but I love anime. But the fact that they made an illustrated version of the I would love to see that. I think it would be very cool. And just because it's... Most mangas are in black and white, yes. so seeing all those really, that large contrast and seeing Samara illustrated, I think would be really cool to Samara. have a copy of and <laughs> see it. Just love it. <laughs> so, 
yeah, those, that's all the inspiration. Um, right. You want to go into fun facts? Sure, let's go fun what facts. What other fun little tidbits we discovered? You want to go first? I know you've been excited about this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Blow my so, brain. The, in, in the United States, yeah. DreamWorks is the main studio for this. <laughs> so I saw the opening for DreamWorks. I'm like. Yeah, you were like, what? This DreamWorks? I'm like, yeah, it's, don't worry about it. And like, DreamWorks did like Shrek and stuff, right? They did. Yeah. <laughs> they're more, they're more known for their animated children's movies. So they also did like El Dorado. Oh, I love that movie. Right? Isn't it good? It's so good. But they, they do, they branch out and do more than just children's entertainment. Clearly, this is not a children's movie. <laughs> but what DreamWorks did was they created a website and I found the website. Did you? I found it. It's ancient. It is old. Is it it's, horrible 2000s website? Oh my gosh. It's the big bulky gray buttons. No. The image wouldn't even load. Like it's just a blue sheet does and it, text on it. I was going to say, does it like uh, flash lettering and like it's green and it's blue and it's red? No, it's not. It's not that it's not old. not obnoxious. But it's just, it's at that turning point where it's just starting to get out of that. Oh, oh my gosh. Um. But yeah, so basically what they did was they created this website to promote the movie and add more mythology to it. Interesting. So they have the whole text of of the whole hypnotic spell that the video puts you under. So that explains why you can't look away. You can't pause it. You're okay. essentially hypnotized to watch the VHS. Um, uh, let me see if I actually have notes as to what it actually said. Hang on. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, well, I mean, and to go off of that, it's just a huge. There's like, so many Easter eggs. That lore dump. Jump DreamWorks ended up doing for this movie. Oh yeah, it they they would jump through so many hoops. So they created this website. They have this whole storyline. I mean, it matches with everything that we knew from the movie already, and just they used the fact that it was a VHS to their advantage, for sure. So also, when they released it, they. In certain cinemas, they snuck in video copies of the VHS I under this. seats and in parking lots. Yeah. Only in the United States and Canada. Sorry, everybody else. But <laughs> <laughs> but it, they were like freebies and promotional mm -hmm. gags because I think that was the transition also because a lot of older horror movies had some sort of um, merchandise to take home with. So there, there were a lot of like 3D horror movies that came home with like oh, the glass. styled glasses yeah. that matched the movie and things of that nature. Some of them had like pop up posters. Yep. Um, so Are I think 3D this, movies still a thing. Um, I don't know. I I don't want them to be. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not a big great. I'm not a big 3D movie kind of person. I think it's it can be done well, but it's just not my thing. Hmm. If I have to put on more glasses, like just glasses, just to watch I feel bad for the people that wore glasses and right and put 3d glasses on top some of them. people got headaches from that yep. it was a whole thing this was just not bother guys <laughs> but like also <laughs> with the vhs when they had like the down so you could get i guess dvds of this this is in the time of dvds right DVD this is right before this was in the transition of okay VHS so it must have DVDs. been when it Kind mm -hmm. of, in the, they had at the beginning of the movie, they would yeah. play the tape, and then the phone in, like, the tape would ring twice, like it does. Right. And I was like, uh, can I imagine if I was younger watching that, I'd cry. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. 
this was for sure definitely in the area where it's like coming to VHS and DVD. Okay, yeah. So it was with a really really loud screen. Yes, <laughs> colorful in the nineties colors. Oh yeah, the blue disc like coming to VHS yep. and DVD. Right. So there's that that happened. It was a big thing. And then when it came out on DVD, I found an Easter egg on the DVD. You have the DVD? I don't have the DVD, but I found <laughs> I found the Easter egg online, online. <laughs> of of the Easter egg. So if you were to click on like if you have the DVD, do it. Um, <laughs> you hit select here and then press down, your cursor will disappear. You press enter and then your remote completely is disabled and you are forced to watch the video from start to end. I just got a goosebumps. You cannot pause it. You cannot stop it. You cannot fast forward. The only way to stop yourself from watching the video is to actually turn off your television. And then when it's done, it bounces back to the main menu and you hear a phone ring twice. Yeah, no. And then you have um, capability of your remote again. I think. I, think I like I that little Easter How about egg. no? <laughs> See? That's scary. See? Everything around the movie is scary. Yeah. But actually watching the movie and having no context, it's just, it, it could have been done better. I agree. I completely agree. I'm just disappointed by it. It's, <laughs> I mean, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Oh gosh, you're gonna be an angry parent. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, it's the worst to hear from a parent because <laughs> you know you screwed up. You know uh, shit hit the fan yeah, that moment. <laughs> um, but anyways, and throughout the whole movie, they embedded like ring imagery in the background and all that, and then like and water. Water was huge in the American version. Well, also in the American version, the editors were trying to remove character shadows to make it look like they were floating. I read more. that. <laughs> I don't think it worked. <laughs> um, I think in some scenes it could have worked, but like since it was raining all the time on set, anyways. Let's put it this way: I didn't notice. <laughs> that they didn't have shadows yeah it's I didn't notice really either until I kind of rewatched snippets of it after reading that I'm like okay I can see what they did but I think it's more of more of a subconscious feel like mm -hmm. oh they're just kind of like floating in the space they're not grounded yeah I mean maybe it but like I said it was raining all the time on set so it looked gloomy gloomy and gray anyways well they filmed it in what, like seattle or something very yeah place. it was good we're supposed to be it in rained area. like almost every single day anyways so <laughs> you didn't need to do much to remove shadows because there weren't any shadows yeah. i don't know and they also made it like blue gray instead of like just a natural that color. i noticed it was dark it was dark it was, it was dark. more of a bluish tone to it yeah it's just parts of the movie i think worked I don't think it holds up to to what we have for standards nowadays. I don't think it hold, held up. I, considering I didn't like it, probably not. No. I've I mean, it only came more. out, like, what, 19 years ago? Yeah, like 18. 18, 19. Yeah, it was 2002. 2002, okay. So, it's it just didn't hold up. I, I mean, mean, it's good, I guess. It's right. Yeah. Would I watch it again? You Maybe, won't. probably no, not. No, you won't. You won't. <laughs> For being honest, no. <laughs> <laughs> she won't. You won't. You would know I watch it. Ringo again? Maybe that one. Yeah, would consider for sure. Yeah, I would Ringo consider watching the or watching. I'm uh, reading the rest of the Ring books too. Yeah, I think if you were to introduce 
so into the series, definitely watch Ringu first. Oh, and yeah. I think that's also a very good introductory horror, either one of them. So if you have, like, a kid interested in the creepy, dark stuff, I guess test them out with this, because it's only PG-13. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's legal for them to watch it. There's then, nothing super... I mean, there's some death in it. The American version with the guy. Yeah, the there's... But they don't show it. No. I mean, if you're gonna... If they're interested in watching some of these more adult films, I think it's a good... trans. It's a good beginner film. And if you are uncomfortable, watch it first. Tell them to close their eyes, plug their ears or whatever for a certain scene. You do what I do. You just put your hands in front of your face because they think that's going to protect you from the movie, but it's not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't help you no. at all. Nope. Um. So I guess all that's left is to grade the movie. So I have a grading system for both the U.S. and the Japanese version. I do too. Okay. So our grading system, we have five questions that we, we dive a little bit deeper into our opinions Kelly, overly opinionated woman <laughs> you are. Um, so our, our first criterion question was, was the movie scary? We talking about The Ring first? We're talking about the United States version, yes. I gave this a, and this is graded on a scale of 1 to 10. Yes. Um, I gave it a 2. <laughs> I gave it a 4. I, I walked away from this movie and complained about how upset I was about it for a good <laughs> 15 minutes. So... Yee. This really wasn't scary for me. No. Um, for, for me, I'm not scared by much, but I think if I were to watch it, say say it's PG-13, I'm able to go to the movies without my parents mm-hmm. to see it. I would be scared the first time I saw it if I was at that age. That's fair. I'm still giving it a two. <laughs> but, but as it holds up, that's why I gave it a four. Yeah, it's... I mean, and nowadays, too, like... This, something of this caliber with, like, a VHS would never live. Like, the internet would eat it up yeah. nowadays. It wouldn't right. trans. it doesn't transfer well. Which, that, that's why they transitioned that in the third movie. But you have to watch three movies to get there. Yeah, I'm not getting that far. <laughs> no, exactly. So, for the Japanese version, I thought it did a better job, so I gave it a five. I gave it a five as well. Okay. So, I'm, I'm marking down both of us so I can calculate at the end. Give it a grade. <laughs> we are professors. Um, and then the next question was, how was the acting? I personally didn't mind the acting itself in the American version. I thought it was fine. Yeah, Naomi I, Watts did a great job. Like yeah, she was so great. Did, um, the guy who played Noah, um, I have it. Martin Henderson. Yes. He was in Grey's Anatomy, guys. And also, fun fact, he was in the Britney Spears Toxic mu- Music video. Get it? Yes. So you know he's legit. <laughs> I I mean and again it goes back I wasn't a big fan of Aiden uh who's played by David Dorfman who is now literally he's a a legal counsel serves as a legal counsel for the US House of Representatives. Yep. Ranking member of Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on Asia. Yeah, he's got the personality to do that. I mean if his acting was any I but I don't know if that was his acting or if that was I think it was direction. Where he's he was ill-written. Like, yes. he was not written well. I think the directors were like, well, we need you to be a stoic child and not have any emotion. And he's like, he nailed it. Okay, well, I guess I can't be a kid. So I gave him a seven. Like, all of them, a, I combined a seven. I gave it a six. Okay. I gave it I gave it just a six. Um, Ringu, how was the acting? I actually gave it five. I gave it lower. 
I gave that one an eight. I liked the acting a little bit better, especially from uh, Ryuji. Okay. Also, he I thought he was more attractive. That could have also had a play you know in my he score. Was in, like um, <laughs> he was in Avengers and Forty Seven yep. Ronin. Yep, I found I that out. Like, oh my god. I'm like, that's why I like you was, so much. Oddly enough, if you go to IMDb and you look for Ryuji, he's not listed in no. the Ringu page, which mm -hmm. I thought was very odd. Yeah, maybe maybe it's because, like... It said top-billed cast or something, and they listed, and I don't know if maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't know. But I gave that one an 8. I liked I liked most of the acting in that one. There were motion, er, motions. There's moments with Azakawa in that one that I wasn't super in love with. There's a moment where she cries really hard when she starts to panic. Yeah, her fake crying is the Pretty only... bad. That was the only, like, downside and why I deducted points was because of her fake crying. Everything else I thought was fine. I was, like I said, not in love. So... That's fair. It is a fair assessment. Um, and then the next one was how are the special effects? So the United States version, I gave that one a seven. I gave it an eight. There's not many special effects to go around here. You know, it's not a movie that's high. No. And with like Sadako and Samara, like I, I like that they base it on off, tra off of traditional Japanese ghosts, which are pure white and long black flowy hair and tends to cover the face. Yeah, they have a name. They're called Onro. Onro. I, no, it's O-N-R-Y-O and the O has a little symbol over it. Again, we apologize for any <laughs> any mispronunciation. Basically, it's a vengeful spirit. Yes. Usually dressed in all white. Yes. So I like that. I like that they there stuck with that. There was a comment I made about the Japanese Ringu version where she's in all white, she's not dirty. Yeah, you didn't like that. No. I can I can see both reasons to do that. I mean, I, I agree. Like, if the, the rest of her is dirty, the clothes should be dirty. Like, have some consistency. It seemed <laughs> too, for a horror movie, it was too clean. Like, there's a moment where things should be clean and there's an eeriness to like sanitation sometimes but in this moment it didn't make sense to me especially with her nails not being yeah. there and well, what did you second a well what did you give the special effects for the united states version? i actually also gave it an eight because i thought it was fine it was All right good. i mean i liked it i liked that it made her look pruney and water drained and like just ugh, just oozy um and then the japanese version i gave it a five yeah gave them both an eight i, I thought was... it was fine i gave I gave it high props for those, the details to the fingernails. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, the, the fully white clothes, but everything else being dirty and grimy. There, I didn't feel consistency. Well, and Ringu, um, when she has that moment with her eye, that's mm -hmm. actually one of the crew members and he cut off his eyelashes. Yep. That's the, no, no, thanks. That's why it looks so creepy. She no, thanks. Have, no eyelashes in that shot. Right. Um, and then was the, story compelling enough like was it interesting like the united states version i gave it a five i mean i was pretty invested in that's it for what my i second said time. too five uh it's okay it's average <laughs> it's fine it's just it's there it's a decent movie i didn't i don't hate it so much to never watch it again but i mean it was also my second time watching it and i felt less attached to it than the first time 
I didn't love it. We all know this. We all, yeah. <laughs> the Japanese version, I gave it a seven. I felt a little bit more Same. attached. A little bit more related to it. I, I don't know. I think it was just more captivating because it was a little brighter. So you're like, oh, it's daytime. Nothing bad happens in the daytime. False. <laughs> this is incorrect. It can happen at any time, depending on when you watch the movie. Like, yeah. the watch the VHS. So that was my opinion. I gave it a seven. It's, it was fine. It was good. Yeah. The twist, you see it coming, but it is a twist. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And then the last question we had was character development and writing. <laughs> I gave the U.S. version a three. I gave mine a four. <laughs> three is fine, too. Am I getting more opinionated than you? Well, I think we're both extremely opinionated. Well, like, my U.S. version, I was hyping it up, and then, like, my scores are lower than it yours at some sucks. point. Well, it's hard. We don't have any other movies to compare this to right now, so. Well, yeah. But I gave it a three. I didn't like what they did with Aiden. I think they could have had more details. I think they could have just made me feel more attached to these characters, and I just didn't. I'm like, I really don't care if Rachel lives or dies. That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> I didn't... Aiden... Man, that's a sticking point for us. We yeah. really, really struggled with that. Yeah. And he's like a I really said, big part of the movie. Like, and I think They it's a made really, him really a really big... big part of the movie, which they didn't need to do. Well, and they made him a really big part of the second movie, as far as I know. Yes, the second movie, he was more involved. Pretty sure he's possessed in that one. Yes, he is. This is all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, like, and the Japanese version, I gave it a five. I gave it a seven. I it followed the book. <laughs> it followed the book better, and I liked that they kept the ending, because we didn't talk about this in Ringu, when she makes the copy for her son. Yes. She cuts to her driving to her father's and is forcing the father to watch it to save the son. Yes. So we didn't talk about that, but I liked that That's better, the which is why the book as well. Yes, That's why I I made sure to give it a higher score because I liked that it didn't leave it on a cliffhanger. It left it on the fact like, well, she is content in killing off her father to save her son. Essentially, I mean, very dark, very very dark. I mean, if you think about it, he probably would have volunteered. He's probably like, oh, I'm gonna die soon anyways. Like I'd save my grandchild for that. Like. He yeah, probably would have been willing. You that. probably didn't have to trick trick him into doing that. So yeah, and yeah. there's a there's a mention at the end of the book where it's like rumors fly, mm -hmm. and yeah, okay, you have to watch the videotape that someone made a copy of. You have to make it a copy of your of it yourself, and you have to show it to someone else. And he's like, "This is going to get blown out of proportion. There's going to be stuff that's like, you have to do." two copies of the videotape you have to show two different people yes. and you can be infected again or there's all of this other stuff that he was thinking yeah. of and but he didn't care there is very very interesting i agree i i i liked the japanese version better by a lot so my final score was 25 for the united now. states version so that's 50 percent on christy's opinion okay hold on let's see <laughs> <laughs> math is hard yeah math is hard i had 26 i did 26 for the american version okay oh wow that is low you guys so we're we're looking at 51 51 percent. so that's failing that is very failing <laughs> that is a big old f everybody big old f um and then for the japanese version i had 29 i think i had 32 for that so yeah, 18, 25, 25 plus 7 is 32. 
Uh, yeah, so that we're looking at a 61, so little it's a little better. D. It's a D minus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a passing grade. It's it's passing. Like, it's good. It, it was fine. Um, so if you guys have varying opinions like we do, um, you can contact us. We're going to give you our social media in a second. But based on your comments and if you liked it better, we'll give extra credit to these and kind of bump up and down their scores. Right. And, of course, like, these are all just opinions. Yes. It's 100% opinions. You don't have to agree. You can disagree. You can... <laughs> hey, you. You I can't, can't believe you dislike Aiden so much. How could you do this? How could you disrespect my boy like this? <laughs> like, I, I have those opinions, too. I have I have moments of that as well. But, like I said, we want your guys' opinion as well. We want you guys to have an input. So, that's why we have the extra credit system. Mm -hmm. So, if you like it and it deserves to be a passing grade or it deserves be higher above a movie than another let us know we'll rearrange it and if we have updates we'll let you know yes um so where can you find us this is so exciting because it's our first time and i'm just so excited <laughs> to have this community that we're that we're building from scratch essentially so you can find us on twitter at a unnerved um we'll post there probably the tallies and yeah the grading scales. Tolls and the grading scales. And we'll we'll post there um, fairly frequently uh, when we have announcements. And then also we have a Facebook group started. Um, it's called Unnerved, a horror movie podcast. Um, there are rules. Just be kind. And we, we enjoy having more people part of our community geeking out as much as we do. Um, even if we don't care for the movie we're watching we it's still fun yes and a big shout out to my sister danielle yes. who did our art our amazing amazing art that we love oh so much guys um, if you love it as much as we do you have to go here yeah it's her instagram she is danny with an i d-a-n-i draws dragons yes so she's super talented she does a bunch of different things she can do Anything from watercolors to animation to color pencils. Our beautiful chibi <laughs> selves. <laughs> ah, I just love it so much. It's so cute. It's so adorable. It's it sets up a completely different tone for what <laughs> we're talking about. We may be cute, but we are deadly. We are fierce. We are little, <laughs> we are little monsters. Ha ha ha. Um, but yeah, go and show her some love. Um and yeah, I think, uh, what's our next episode? Our next episode is The Evil Dead, the 1981 original movie, not the yes. remake. Yes. So that'll be exciting. It's going to be one of the more classic videos. A um, lot more special effects. Not a gore. I think. I've R never rated. seen it. So. Oh my gosh. Guys, pray for Kelly's sanity. I have seen the remake, <laughs> but I don't think the remake's anything like the original. I mean, isn't there a dude with a chainsaw for a hand? Of course. We'll get all into that in the next episode, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, all right. Well, until next time, everybody uh, stay spooky, but be kind to one another, please. Especially nowadays. It's 2020, <laughs> and it doesn't stop. <laughs> 2020. Uh, but a thank you for movie. listening. And, yeah, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.